0: Welcome to the Dynamic Leaders Podcast, part of the Talent 409 Network. We are helping people discover their talent altitude. On this pod, listeners can learn about leadership and other related attributes from former and current successful business people, coaches, and athletes. Each episode will bring you a conversation with people that display the seven pillars of dynamic leadership. Someone who possesses those seven pillars has courage, drive, and accountability, integrity, grit, great communication skills, a high level of emotional intelligence, and they can motivate others. We will also talk with individuals that use their athletic and competitive experiences to lead in life, in business, community, or in their family. This podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts. If you have time, please take a minute and on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. We are calling an audible today on the podcast. Unfortunately, the guest that I had originally scheduled to put out for you guys today had to reschedule due to a family conflict, and I don't have any guest episodes in the bank, so you're just going to have to settle for me for a quick solo pod epi, but nonetheless, I think you're really going to like it, so stay tuned, let's sit back, relax, get comfortable, but first, let's jam to Detroit Rock City. Okay, everyone, welcome back to the podcast, this solo pod episode, unexpected, but definitely going to be just as informative as you're used to. I actually really think you're going to enjoy this. I've been saving it for a rainy day, so to speak, and that day came. So here we are talking about the seven pillars of dynamic leadership, and the seven pillars are something that it's probably one of the more popular things that I do through my company, Talent409, when I'm doing a workshop or a seminar type setting with teams, with organizations, whatever we're talking about. And I put together these seven pillars based on my experience, both as a leader myself in athletics and in the business world, and then also on research and on the things that I've read and the experiences I've encountered from other leaders. Combine those two, came up with seven Really great attributes that I believe all leaders need to have in order to be successful. The seven pillars are also great because, as we all know, and as I talk about quite often on this podcast, not all leaders are alike. Not all leaders will have all these attributes. And even if they do have all seven attributes, they're probably not all going to be equal. Like, you're not going to be a 100 out of 100 in all seven categories. So it's important to understand how you can take one or two or three of the seven attributes and apply them to your leadership and to your team and to your organization. It's not really designed to get people to be better at those other ones, the four or five that might be left over, but it is a way, especially for an an introductory type person who's not as familiar with leadership and they're trying to get a foundation for what is leadership. These seven pillars really lay the foundation for success. The great thing about these seven pillars is that you can become a more effective leader for your team by applying them. Whether you're a player, a coach, an administrator, these pillars, as I mentioned before, are the foundation for success. It's also imperative to understand that what makes you successful first as an athlete can help you continue to find success in life after sports. So if we have listeners who are in the business world already, have already moved on from athletics, from competitive athletics as we know them, it's important to understand that the qualities that made you successful in athletics can also make you successful in business in community, in your family life, whatever you want to apply it to. A lot of times we forget about our attributes especially the attributes that we learned when we were younger. And I've seen it so many times. I tell the story all the time of when I was hiring for entry-level marketing positions at a startup in Syracuse, and the candidates could not figure out how to, in an interview setting, they couldn't figure out how to tell the story of the adversity that they went through as an athlete, the team building that they encountered as an athlete, some of the most basic things that you need in the working industry today, especially in America, where they're mostly service type jobs. We're not talking about industrial type jobs anymore, where you're on an assembly line and you just need to do the same thing over and over again. In today's modern world, there's a lot more collaboration. There's a lot more teamwork. So To be able to do that and to know that you've done that and you've gone through adversity and you've probably had some successes too when you were playing sports, that's a huge bonus. But I've seen it so many times where, and this is just one example, obviously, at that level, the entry level, where they weren't able to relay that message in the appropriate way to say that, hey, I'm a strong candidate. It shouldn't be that way. You should understand those attributes. You should know that they made you successful and that they can continue to make you successful as well. So, for today's podcast, I'm going to go through all seven pillars. I'm going to talk about each one individually and break down why it's important, maybe tell a story to connect it. But you'll get at least an introductory idea into each pillar why I picked it, why it's important, and why you should consider it for your leadership toolbox. Let's dive right in. Pillar number one of the seven pillars of dynamic leadership is courage. As a leader, You need to have strong convictions. You need to be confident. And sometimes you need to do things that will make you stand apart from others. If you don't have courage, you can't make difficult decisions. And you can't have the tough conversations. Courage takes innovation and creativity. Courage will help you through adversity. And courage will separate the good from the elite. Sam Walker, who wrote the book, The Captain's Class, wrote a piece in that book that said, a great leader is dedicated to doing whatever it takes to make success more likely, even if it's unpopular or controversial or outrageous or completely invisible to others. A leader has to be committed above all else to getting it right. I'm sure all of you listening can think of situations in your own life, whether they were athletic experiences or their business experience or even family experiences, where there was a leader that didn't do what Walker just outlined. They wanted to be liked, so they gave up on their conviction. They didn't want to hurt people so they wouldn't have the tough conversations. All of these things just lead to more messes and a bigger disaster further on down the road. One of the really great success stories that I tell when I'm giving examples of courage and the conviction that you need sometimes to stand apart is from Herb Brooks and the 1980 United States hockey team. A lot of people know that team as the Miracle Team. The movie made it very popular. It was already popular, but brought it into a whole new generation of people. What a lot of people don't know, though, is the story of how Brooks put together that hockey team. It was the first time that the United States decided to use amateurs in the Olympics versus using professionals like they had in the past. Brooks was a college coach at the time. He had already watched tape of all the players that were invited by the U.S. Hockey Committee when tryouts began for the 1980 Olympic team. The way Brooks saw it was that he wasn't interested in the biggest names and the best players in college hockey. The professionals had tried that approach, and it failed miserably. He was interested in players that fit the culture he was looking to build in a team system he was looking to play on the ice. And Brooks was a very successful college coach. Obviously, if you're getting selected to lead the Olympic team, you're going to have to be successful. But he basically took what was his idea in college and applied that to an Olympic atmosphere, which a lot of people at the time found really radical. But then again, these were just college kids. They were the same kids. He just got to pick from a wider pool than what his own team was and maybe the geographical areas that he used to recruit for. When Brooks made the cuts for the team, the star players were understandably angry. People within the committee thought they made a mistake in hiring Coach Brooks. But as we all know, ultimately, he got the last laugh when after upsetting the Soviet Union in the semifinals, the United States went on to win the gold against Finland. His team was an excellent blend of players that played for one another. They could move the puck up and down together on the ice. they had a singular goal of winning the gold coach brooks demonstrated strong conviction and the courage to stand apart to make the 1980 united states hockey team olympic champions pillar number two of the seven pillars of dynamic leadership is driven and accountable a leader does what needs to be done no matter what they have high character and they aren't afraid to chop wood and carry water chop wood and carry water is one of my favorite phrases from Legendary NBA basketball coach Phil Jackson, who won six titles with the Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan, and then won five more titles with the Los Angeles Lakers, Shaq, Kobe, Paul Gasol, all those players. When I first read about that phrase, I said to myself, what is a water carrier? I kept reading in the book that I was reading, and I looked up a couple different things, and the definition of a water carrier is somebody that embodies the idea that team comes first. When you carry water, you help others around you and you ease the burden of the task at hand. A water carrier sees an opportunity to optimize a method, practice, or drill, and they act on that instinct, even if it means they won't be recognized or that their role may diminish. The team is always at the forefront of the water carrier's focus. Individual accomplishments mean very little to them without an increase in team productivity. When you display water carrying qualities, it helps others recognize where they might best help too, And it gives them a clear understanding that team comes before me. It's important to note as well that a water carrier is not a doormat. And if they're pushed around, they will stand up to the people within their team and let them know what's right and what's wrong. Giving the other people an invitation to leave if they don't want to comply with the team first culture. The story for Driven and Accountable that I use in my workshops is... Of Carla Overbeck. Carla was a member of the United States national soccer team that throughout the 1990s, including the team that went to the 1999 World Cup and eventually won. They're getting a ton of recognition now with the World Cup going on and it's the 20-year anniversary. There was a really great podcast that Sports Illustrated did that I highly recommend if you're interested in learning more about that team. But for the purpose of our story, it's important to know that Carla was not the best player on the field, she wasn't the most popular player, and by 1999 she was nearing the end of her playing career. Nonetheless, Overbeck was the official team captain of Team USA because of her insistence on being the aforementioned water carrier. Overbeck realized that if she did the little things behind the scenes at practice, when they were traveling, then she could help take the burden off the best players on the team and ensure. That they were as rested and as focused as they could be on the competition. Think about that. That's amazing. One of the great examples of the little things was how Overbeck would actually carry the bags of her teammates on and off planes, buses, taxis, wherever they were. She didn't do it for public recognition. She did it because she knew that her job as a leader was to keep her team engaged and take some of the weight off the shoulders of her teammates. Overbeck had the ability to be selfless and to do a thankless job because she wanted to win more than anything else. Pillar number three of the seven pillars of dynamic leadership is motivating. Leaders have a presence that drives people. They impact others with what they do, and they bring others to their greatness. Motivation is the foundation of all athletic effort and accomplishment. Without your desire and determination to improve your sports performance, all of the other mental factors, so your confidence, your intensity, your focus, your emotions, they're all rendered meaningless. To become the best athlete you can be, you must be motivated to do what it takes to maximize your ability and achieve your goals. The best coaches and leaders understand that to build a true winning culture, you need to create intrinsic or natural motivation. Motivation predicts success better than intelligence and ability. That's a fact. We rarely do anything we don't feel, and it's very hard to resist the things that we do feel. So focus on emotions. Knowing something isn't enough to cause change. You can't just tell people what to do. You have to make people, or yourself even, feel something. People want a steady amount of challenge, achievement, and feedback. The single most motivating thing you can do for someone is focus on the progress of their meaningful work. Progress is powerful. Encourage people to reflect on how far they've come and the good work they've done. When we feel no progress, motivation dies pretty easily. Motivation also comes from a commonality on a team. If you are all working for something you believe in, it makes it pretty easy to stay motivated. Here are five practical ways to motivate. The first way is to link individual to team success. Motivation soars when athletes know their actions can make the difference between a team win or loss. On the field, this can be clear cut. Hustling for a loose ball can mean the difference between a turnover or a goal. Number two, celebrate small wins. One secret of successful athletes is their ability to break down goals into small pieces. Number three purposeful practice. As athletes notice their skills improving, their intrinsic motivation grows and they work harder. Number four, relationship building. Athletes who care about their coaches and teammates become invested in their team's success as well as their own. And number five, have fun. The most motivated teams are also the happiest. 30 second break to talk about my sponsor sweat with and what a great sponsor she is she's been with pod since day one and we love having her support sweat with studs offers a number of different options to get you on a path to improve your fitness future everything from fitness nutrition and simple healthy habits so what are you waiting for head over to sweatwithstuds.com right now and when you buy a program enter the code dynamic at checkout to receive a discount for being a loyal podcast listener now back to the show Pillar number four of the seven pillars of dynamic leadership is integrity. Integrity encompasses everything you believe in and the behavior you display. A leader knows that their integrity is always under the microscope and they're able to separate good from bad and always do what's right. Athletes and coaches of integrity are the best representatives of their sport. They're also the best representatives of their families and their communities. Competition can really do some strange things to people. Remembering that your integrity is always on the line will help you determine right from wrong in situations where your adrenaline and emotions may be higher than normal. All sports offer coaches and athletes the opportunity to use integrity as decisions are made. Players can learn important life lessons if coaches lead with integrity. Coaches set the tone for the team and have an impact on motivation in addition to the instruction and feedback they offer. If coaches overemphasize winning and losing, that mindset will inevitably trickle down to the players. Coaches instead should emphasize the value of fair play and respecting one's opponent. The success and development of a team often begins with the coach and that is a tremendous responsibility. If a coach neglects integrity and focuses only on winning, what is the message being sent to athletes? One of my favorite quotes with integrity is from legendary UCLA men's basketball coach John Wooden, and he once said, Remember, results aren't the criteria for success. It's the effort made for achievement that is most important. Pillar number five of the seven pillars of dynamic leadership is grit. As a leader, there will be times where you must persevere in the face of adversity. You will have to persist when it may be easier to sit back and relax. A leader has to set the highest standard for work ethic and inspire others not to give up at the first sign of trouble or when it's easier to do so. Angela Duckworth talks about grit in her best-selling book, and she says that a high level of performance is, in fact, an accretion of mundane acts. And when it comes down to how we fare as a leader, effort counts tremendously. Grit can be broken down into three simple attributes one, ability, talent, skill, or proficiency in a particular area, two, zeal, great energy or enthusiasm in a pursuit or a cause of an objective. And number three, hard labor. You've got to work for what you want, but you don't have to be maniacal with your craft. If you are too intense, you are either going to burn out or people aren't going to want to be around you. You have to learn when it's appropriate to work towards a goal. And when it's not, relax and enjoy life. My favorite grit story is from the Iron Man, Cal Ripken Jr., Cal holds the longest consecutive games played streak in Major League Baseball history at 2,632. But it's not the consecutive number of games he played that stands out. It's the work ethic Cal required to achieve the streak among the many other accomplishments he had throughout his career with the Baltimore Orioles. The streak symbolizes the grittiness needed to be the record holder. If you are not willing to put hard work in each day, even when it becomes monotonous, then you are not putting yourself in a great position to succeed. Ripken Jr. came to work each day with the same goal, to be available to play at a high level for his team. Every day he took batting practice. He took infield practice. He went to the trainer's room. He ate breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And he also played through pain and adversity on his way to setting one of the most unbreakable records in all of sports. By employing grit, you put yourself on a path to consistent behaviors while also positioning yourself to overcome adversity because you will have a foundation in place that allows you to compensate for errors and setbacks along the way. Pillar number six of the seven pillars of dynamic leadership is a low-key and practical communication style. Oftentimes, as a leader, you will be tasked with communicating to someone and not have much time if any, to prepare your thoughts, words, and actions. By taking a low-key and practical approach to your communication style, you will allow yourself to think critically without your emotions getting in the way. We talked earlier about motivation and how emotion can be good to motivate, but you also have to realize that there's a line where you can get too emotional and too invested. What you need to say to somebody in a given situation needs to make sense. So take your time with words, be concise, don't let emotion block the actual message you want to portray, and never go into a conversation with the belief that you are the smartest person in the room. My favorite story for a low-key and practical communication style comes from former President Franklin Roosevelt. FDR used a very specific communication style to be an effective leader in a time of crisis in America. His fireside chats began in 1933, and they were 30-minute updates to Americans regarding the State of the Union during the Great Depression. Because FDR was speaking to such a large portion of people, he wanted to make sure that he was understood by everyone. He used small and simple words, he kept his segments to a 30-minute limit, and his fireside chats became must-listen-to radio. Even though he was the president, FDR's leadership style made him relatable to all people, and his communication was practical and concise. And finally, the seventh pillar of the seven pillars of dynamic leadership, a high level of emotional intelligence. A leader must be self-aware. They must have empathy, and they must be able to understand other people on a deeper level. As human beings, we all have the innate ability to love and the desire to be loved. Think love is too strong of a word for your team or your organization? Let's think again. When the Clemson Tigers football team won the national championship in January of 2017, we learned that their quote unquote one word for the 2016-2017 season was none other than love. For Dabo Sweeney, the secret sauce for Clemson has been love. A love for his players, a love for his staff, a love for what he does, and a love in seeing his players succeed in all that they do. It comes as no surprise to me that Clemson has won two of the last three national championships in college football. Who wouldn't want to be associated with that culture and that team? But emotional intelligence is about more than just love. It is the recognition that we as human beings all have the same wants and needs in life. It is the recognition that we all have our own story and that, What we see on the outside isn't always an accurate representation of what is happening inside. It's the ability to build relationships with your teammates and your coaches, real relationships where both sides understand and know each other, not a relationship that makes for a good photo op or quote. If you have the ability to use emotional intelligence as a leader, then you will be able to build a foundation that allows all of your other attributes to shine. Without emotional intelligence, you won't last long enough to do anything that you set out to do. And that's how you become a dynamic leader. A dynamic leader can be defined as an individual who uses the seven pillars in their line of work and throughout their life. It's important to note that dynamic leaders work their craft on and off the field. What's a leader on the field? It is imperative for every member to realize that They don't need a quote-unquote captain title associated with them to act like a leader. Every person on the team plays a role in the success or lack of. How you shape your attitude towards the team will ultimately determine your effectiveness as a leader. A leader off the field. Dynamic leadership not only means you can be effective within the confines of your team and playing environment, but also in your academic professional and community endeavors. Former President Abraham Lincoln believed that each generation was responsible for making America and the world a better place for the next generation. What are you doing to contribute your skills and ideas to your team and communities? Before we wrap up the podcast here, I do want to talk about preparation real quick. Preparation is definitely a foundation of my success as a leader, and it's something that I think is one of those pillars that it's a given more than anything else, which is why I didn't include it as one of the seven pillars. Because if you're not prepared, then nothing else matters, and that includes the emotional intelligence. If you're not prepared enough to even get a job as a leader or to get the title of a captain for your team, Then it doesn't matter about the emotional intelligence because you weren't prepared enough to take on that responsibility as a leader. Preparation is the core foundation of traits and qualities that make up dynamic leaders. Much like how the roots of a tree must be watered in order to grow large and survive changing weather conditions year after year, preparation is the key ingredient that you will use to build knowledge for the upcoming game so that you can put yourself and your team in the best position to succeed under any circumstance on a consistent and sustainable basis. You can't always control the flow of a game or event, but you can control how prepared you are for even the most unlikely scenarios. Don't waste time in practice and beforehand going through the motions, physically or mentally. Use that time to hone your skills, study your opponent, the venue you are playing in, and the weather conditions that will factor in. The more prepared you are, the better chance you have at receiving a lucky bounce. That's going to be all for today's solo pod epi. I hope you enjoyed learning more about the seven pillars of dynamic leadership and moving forward. It even might help you understand the podcast a little bit more when we talk about them with guests. I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Sweat with Stodd's. Go to www.sweatwithstads.com today to see what she can do for your fitness future tomorrow. Thank you as always to listeners for coming back week after week. We are, I promise, back next week with another guest.